All right, you guys can grab your seats. And like I said, today is a very special day. And uh, man, God is adding, his, adding to His church. We planted this congregation about three years ago or approaching three years soon. And we started off with nine people relocating, or ten people, sorry, ten people relocating their lives to Bloemfontein from Cape Town and saying, listen, I want to be part of a church plant. And uh, we planted um, in Gray College in, in one of the little venues there. And it grew quite quickly. It's like 30 people in our house. Uh, we remember those days. 30 people in our lounge. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was quite a kind of tight. There was no COVID, so don't worry. But <laughs> it was an incredible time of just seeing the life and people getting saved, people getting baptized, people experiencing what healthy church should look like. And um, we've been walking in that ever since. And I mean, I, I'm really aware that we're not there yet. And uh, that's what I want to share on this morning. And um, I mentioned last week, uh, we'll, sh- we'll share that recording of last week to you if you, did, if you missed out on that. But I shared last week on, on what the Bible speaks about uh, when it comes to church. You know, the Bible gives us many languages on what church is. It, it gives us a picture of a family have you ever seen that? We see a picture of it's a household of God. We see a picture of a house being built. We see a picture of you know, the church is the bride. We've got many different pictures that we see in the Bible. And this morning I want to share on the church being the family. And um, I think it's such a corrupted thing in our days that you know, we kind of look at church in the way we see our own family, don't we? You know, and many of us, we come out of broken backgrounds. Maybe you're still in a broken family. And we kind of look at church through that lens of your experience of family. Right? Uh, and it's kind of difficult to separate your experience of family and church family. You know? And uh, I feel like for us as church, we need to grow in that. You know, it's not necessarily going to change your family this morning, but it's going to change the way you see the church family moving forward. And that will change your Christianity like completely, all right? And uh, this morning I want to share a scripture in 1 Peter 2, verse 4 and 5. And uh, listen to this, and this will probably be the theme throughout the morning. As you come to Him, as we come to Jesus, the living stone, you see the capital letter S? He is the living stone, Jesus, and different scriptures speak about He's the cornerstone, all right? So as we come to Him, the, the living stone... And, you know, he says that many men rejected him, but God chose him and he's precious to him. All right? So the Father chose Jesus to be the living stone in capital letters, the cornerstone which, is, which everything is built on. And he goes on. So you also, me and you, this morning, being here, especially the new guys that's coming in on membership, man, you, we, we are like the living stones. You know, you see the small... Yes, so don't think too much of yourself now. <laughs> but you are a living stone and are being built into a spiritual house. All right, you see that? So we are living stones being built into a spiritual house, not just to look pretty, but for a purpose. And it is to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to, to God through Christ Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? I mean, we can spend months on this, but uh, we come to Jesus, you know, we come broken, we enter this world as sinners, and we come 
through brokenness to the living stone, to the cornerstone, and he makes us a living stone. <laughs> we could pretty much end the preach right here. It's like, man, we come to him dead, broken, heart of stone, of, and it's actually quite, you know, there's no life in us. And we come to the one who is life, and he makes us a living stone. Not dead stones. He makes us a living stone. He makes us alive, and we become living stones. And it's beautiful because you're not just on your own being alive in your lounge, you know, following something online. You know, it's like, no, no, no. We are being built together into his spiritual house, into his local church, into his church, into his way. We are being built together. All right? It's important that being built, that's why I said we're not there yet because we are still being built together. We are not built together already. Right. We are being built together. So the, the, new, um, um, the, the message predominantly will be for all of us, actually. But for the new members coming in, you are being added and you are being built together this morning into us. So that we can reflect God better. All right. So you are being built into his house. For a purpose. All right. Not just to come and sit and look yeah, all holy. No, 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 it's like, there's a purpose, man. When you join us, when you join this church, there's a purpose. You can't, if, if, we, if we miss that purpose, we are failing as a church. So you are being built together for a purpose. And I, I mean, we can spend months on what the purposes is, or, sorry, of the church. And, but specifically when we look at this scripture, it is for us to be a holy priesthood. Priesthood, not wood. <laughs> Priesthood, a holy priesthood. And I mean, for many of us, like, Phew, what does that even mean? You know? It's like holy priesthood. Do I come with a suit and tie? And, you know, how, how does it look like? Do I attend Bible college or university? Or how does it look like? Do I need a theology degree? Is it only the guy who preaches the priest in front? What does it look like to be a holy priesthood? And I don't think the context of the scripture is referring to the guy in front being the holy priesthood. He speaks about us being built in his house and us being the holy priesthood. Which means if you're part of this church, you can call yourself now a priest. <laughs> huh? That's a lack of title for the... Uh, <laughs> and it's important. In other words, it's actually saying that we are not a passive building. We are not a passive building where God just comes and he dwells and we are a building. No, no, there's, a, there's an active part of this. You know what I'm, you get what I'm saying? There's an there's a active you know, participation when it comes to worship, when it comes to giving, when it comes to communities, which is our home groups midweek, when it comes to the life of the church, there's an active participation. That is the Holy Priesthood, man. It means when you go to your work, when you go to your university, when you go to school, you are carrying the gospel where everywhere you go, as Matthew 28 says, as you go about your life, you, you are ready with the gospel. You're ready to preach, man. You're ready to be a priest to the person in, in front of you. It's great that we, we preach on Sundays, but we all should be preaching every day. <laughs> Holy priesthood. You see, there's so much more than just you know, forming part of a passive building. It's an active participation. And we all should, should do that. Did you know that? And it's beautiful. That's part of the purpose of church, eh? Like every person, every person, 
be an active member, active saint, active believer. He speaks about the priesthood of all believers, not just some. All of us, man, all of us should be, should be, they should be standing in our house like, man, I want to share the gospel with someone. I want to love someone. I want to give to someone. All right? And it, and it really, it, it, it brings breakthrough to your own life when you, when you bring your life and you almost approach it selflessly than selfishly. When you go, you go like, Lord, my life is not my own. You have bought my life with, with a price on the cross. So my life is now yours. So whatever you want for me, Lord, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I want to be an active participant in this house that you are building. It's a purpose. And as a body, as a church, we are offering spiritual sacrifices that's acceptable to Him. And don't get weird about, you know, bringing your offerings and, you know, lighting a braai and offering. No, 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 no. It is like, man, when we come together, we are offering our sacrifice in our hearts. Lord, my life is yours. I worship you. I worship you. It's all about you. And in a sense, sometimes if you have found to go to communities on Wednesday, it can become a sacrifice. <laughs> you know? And many of us are part of a ministry in the church as well. And you know, at times, I know how it goes. I know, I know how it goes. You start off like, yeah, this is exciting. And then, then like a month in, oh, oh it's Wednesday. Mm. A sacrifice. And man, if we do it in faith, Lord, this is your way. This is something of it's acceptable to God. Acceptable to God. It's not a religious activity in the flesh. That's not acceptable to God. So you can kind of go to community, kind of go to church, be in ministry, and it's not acceptable to God. Did you know that? Everything done outside of faith, everything done outside of Jesus is actually not acceptable to God. So you need to put your heart in there <laughs> and sacrifice, man. It's a sacrifice to tithe. Let's be honest. Black Friday is coming up, guys. You know what I can do with that money. <laughs> but man, it's, we want to live lives acceptable to God. I don't want to waste my life thinking I'm doing the right thing and God is just like, no, nah, that's not acceptable to me. Yeah? It's a life wasted in the natural, but I want to waste my life on Him, on His ways, knowing that's going to be acceptable and pleasing to Him. All right, so you see this picture of we are a family, we are a house, we are God's house, we are God's family. We've, we've had the opportunity to, to go overseas once or twice, and usually when you go to you know, one of these nice big cities, um, we want to do some sightseeing, if you have been overseas. And there's usually some sightseeing happening, you know, you've got, in London, you've got the, what do you call that, the wheel, um, the London Eye, you've got the bridge, and you've got many different things that you go and you, and you pay for, and it's nice, take a couple of photos, and um, something that's, that's um, quite a frustration for myself and you, Henry, when we travel is uh, museums. All right, so, I, I mean, sorry, I'm losing a couple of you now, because whoever you like museums, let's be honest, all right, more than I thought. <laughs> I don't like museums at all. When I Google what to do in this city, and then it's like a couple of museums, I'll just skip, skip, skip that one, you know? And sometimes it's a very popular one, so, okay, let's just sacrifice, and we go, and we, okay, that's nice, take a photo, okay, let's go do something nice. <laughs> 
So in a sense, man, museums are, for us, it's just, oh, I don't like it. Man, no offense if you, if you do like it, man. We're all, all different, and we need to accept one another. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand a museum. And can I say that the church is not a museum? It's a family, and God can't stand museums in that sense. Don't think naturally a museum now. <laughs> the church is not supposed to be a museum. It's a church family. So in a museum, what do you, what do you find? <laughs> Some ornaments. That's what I call it, apparently. I haven't seen them because I haven't been inside. <laughs> but you, you, get, you get this picture of you going into a museum, and there's things that they display, ornaments, you know. And they, they're kind of on the shelf, and they get displayed on, on just, you know, you need to pay for it now. I can just Google it. <laughs> anyway, I'll stop with, with that. Uh, but in a sense, you get, in a museum, you, you find ornaments. And I had to actually go and look at what does this mean? What is the ornament? And it actually is, it's a thing that's used to make something look more attractive, but actually have no practical purpose. You get the sense of something is being portrayed on the shelf, you know, putting your nice side in the front. And there's no life in that ornament, man. It's like, you know, it might be expensive and whatever, but it, it, there's no life in that. There's no life in it. And can I say, as people being part of God's family, we're not supposed to be ornaments. We're not supposed to be ornaments in, his, in this museum, portraying our nice, beautiful side, you know, putting up a front. How, good, how easy is it to put up a front? Especially if you just attend on Sundays and Wednesdays. It's just like putting my nice side in. You're being an ornament. But God doesn't want ornaments. Because we're not a museum. We're a family. And how I many of you know families are messy? <laughs> family, families are messy, right? Who of you have a perfect family? <laughs> I mean, families can get quite messy. And that's, that's the beauty of church, man. We're a family. So you'll find in communities, sometimes people just rub you off the wrong way. You find you, you attend on Sundays and you, just, that, that guy that preached, they, pff, he rubbed me off the wrong way. He said I, he doesn't like museums. <laughs> I'm out of here. This is not the church for me. <laughs> Families can become quite messy, but we're a family that God is knitting together. He is the one building us into one another. You know, and family is made of real people. Real people, man. That loves God. That's devoted to God. That loves people. That's devoted to people. That is what church is all about. Being devoted to God and to one another. We can't you know, arrive putting our nice out on front being an ornament. Church is not a museum. Right? So sometimes you'll find that Things are quite messy in, in church as well. You know? like sometimes the sound doesn't work. Sometimes you, know, you, you worship and it's just like, ooh, it's, oof, it's messy. And, uh, I can go on giving some examples, but it's not about you know, entertaining the tourists. It's about being the family. That is what God wants, man. All right. And the one thing that is, that's evident to me is that in his family, there's life. In a museum, there's no life. <laughs> we need to be alive, man. Not just, hey, we, we clapped our hands this morning. It was a, you know, a live meeting. No, no, no. There's a life 
in you that you know that you know that the Holy Spirit is, is doing something in your heart. There's life, that, there's, there's joy that comes, there's purpose that comes, and I want to devote my life. That's the life I'm speaking about. All right? A church family, we are His house. We're God's house. You know, I recently, we've been watching The Block. Um, um, in, <laughs> I'm not going to go into much of that for now, but uh, it's an interesting you know, thing where people get to build a house. You know, and and it's, it's interesting how there's so many aspects and, and facets of that goes into building a house. Who of you have built houses before? Or a couple of you? There's, there's something that goes into building a house. And I mean, I, let me, can I just say I'm not an expert? I'm not an expert in building houses, right? But what I do know is a house needs a foundation. Google said it, right? So a house needs a foundation, right? Without a foundation, you can't really, you know, build properly. A house needs bricks. I know nowadays there's, you know, more modern ways of building houses, but in my mind, a house needs bricks. You know what I mean? Like, this, this building here, let's look at it. There's bricks. I'm sure there's kind of a deep foundation under here, and there's bricks. And you get the sense of, uh, look, don't take my advice on just, you know, building a house here, but <laughs> it needs foundation and it needs bricks. And we get this idea of the foundation being Jesus, you know. The foundation of the ch church is actually, let me say it, is supposed to be Jesus. Just because it says church on the door doesn't mean the foundation is Jesus. There can be no foundation. There's bricks, but no foundation. And at some stage, that thing will come tumbling down. But the proper way and the way God wants His church to be built is Him being the foundation, the very thing that we build our lives on as individuals and as a church. He is the cornerstone. He is the cornerstone. And the bricks, who do you think are they? That's us. Me and you. You can go and call yourself a brick now. All right? Yes. <laughs> we are bricks. We are living stones being built together to form this beautiful house that God wants to be at, being built on Him, the cornerstone. And the other day, those of you who know me, I like mountain biking, um, and uh, the other day we went to Woodland Hills, it's just a, those of you who don't know, it's a little lifestyle estate just outside of Bloom, and uh, there's a lot of wildlife on, on this you know, estate, and there's a lot of houses, beautiful homes, and you go in, there's a lot of trails that you go on with your mountain bike, and it's beautiful. I like, I love actually, I love riding my bike in Woodlands. And there's something that's, in a sense, when you look at, when you think about Woodlands, it's, it, you know, you think about the beautiful homes. There's some big homes in, the, in that estate, right? Those of you who've been there. And the other day we were riding, and we, ca we came across this one building, and I mean, it was such an interesting building because there was like no roof. And, and I'm, not sp I'm not speaking about they're still building it. You can see this building is, uh, has collapsed, actually. The bricks are falling apart. The roof has come down. You can just see, man, that is not a place where I want to be. I mean, so much potential. But it's like nothing. I don't want to even touch that. 
type of thing. The roof is falling in. I mean, so much potential. And, and it's a prime location. It actually is on the edge of the, the, where all the trails are. So you kind of look over all these trails. You actually ride past it. And it's like this building that just collapsed. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That is not the church that I want to be in. Where it, there's no bricks, there's no roof, there's no structure. Kind of, you probably know the foundation is faulty. I don't want to be there. And it's not supposed to look like that. You kind of get this idea. All the houses in Woodlands is supposed to look beautiful. Man, everything is just perfect. The walls are straight. The structure is properly built. The roof is on. It's a safe place. I want to be there. But when I look at that broken building, I just think, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. And I think when God looks at the church, He looks at it in the very same way. For some churches, I think God goes like, man, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. And I I think at some some houses, some churches, God goes like, man, this is where I want to be. I want to live here. I want to dwell here. All right? And when you, when you look at the other houses, you get this idea, man, I, I want to live here. And I'm not speaking about being ambitious now with money and all that. But you get this picture of beautiful house that you want to live in. And you compare it to a broken, fallen house. I mean, you don't want to live there. But when it's beautiful, suddenly, man, you want to live there, Right? I want to read this, 1 Corinthians 13, or 3, sorry, yeah, 3 verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? Just keep that up there. Other translation says God's Spirit dwells in you. Can I say that that you is not you as an individual? (laughs) The context of this is you, plural, you, the church, you, the local church, but somehow we have became so selfish that no, no, it's all about me. No, 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 no. It's actually all about us. It's about us. We actually are God's temple. We are God's house. And God's Spirit wants to live in us. He wants to dwell in us as a local church. Yes, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. Don't come with theology now. You've got the Holy Spirit in you, yes. But when it comes to this, it's us and God's Spirit dwelling with us. Is that all right? And that's very important. Because listen to this. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. Ephesians chapter 2. No? What did I say? Ephesians chapter 2, yes. Got that, Andre? Ephesians chapter 2. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Verse 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And then he goes on. In him, in Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you too, me and you, we are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Just keep that out there. We are becoming a dwelling for God to live by His Spirit. All right? So we're not there yet. We're not perfect. 
We are still growing and maturing as a church. And this is very important. What does it mean to dwell there? What does it mean to, to live there? Listen to this. If you dwell in a house, th- this is what it means. A house used as a residence rather than for business. Right? That means, man, when God looks at us as a church, He actually wants to reside here. He wants to live here rather than going for a once a week business trip. <laughs> God wants to live here. That means in every meeting that we attend, every community that we're in, every coffee that we have with one another, man, God wants to live there with us as a church. Man, you see, suddenly the purpose of the church is much more than going to church on Sunday and going home. (laughs) It's much more than that. And until we get that, we'll never be the house that God wants us to be. All right. To become a dwelling... In Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. And in Him, we are being built together to become a dwelling. We're not there yet. But it feels like we have some sort of growth that we are walking in. There's something about us that's already healthy. There's something that we look at the fruit of people getting saved, people getting baptized, people joining. You see the fruit of Jesus being with us. Right? And I say it humbly because we can lose it like this. We can lose it like now. <laughs> but with a sense of, man, I just see fruit. I just see fruit of Jesus being with us. So it's not this far-off idea, one day Jesus wants to be with us. He wants to be with us today. He wants to be with us today. You know, it's incredible to see how people change. It's incredible to see people worshiping here for the fr- first time or wherever you stand in the room. People worshiping. The other day at the baptism, last, last Sunday, I was standing there, I was amazed. People were prophesying all across, you know, just going for it. We probably had to, okay, guys, we need to stop now because, you know, everyone was just going for it. We're going on for some time because everyone was prophesying. People that I've never heard prophesy in my life started to prophesy. People making decisions for God, man, I want to go for it. This week, I heard two testimonies of guys diving for the first time, and they said, listen, this changed my life. <laughs> people breaking through in the things of God. People experiencing the life in us and through us. People joining in community, finding their acceptance from God, acceptance from one another, true love, true fellowship. And do we get it right? No, not all the time. We're a family. It gets messy. We still, you know, some cracks in us, some brokenness in us, but we're growing. We're shaping one another so that we can reflect Him well. But we're growing. We're growing. But can I say, and I want to say this, we are not there yet. We are not there yet. The moment we think we are, man, we have arrived. Jesus is here. Yes and no. Because we're not perfect yet. We are being built together to become a dwelling. All right? So we should really stay humble, not get prideful. When, if you're a community leader and your community is growing, stay humble. Stay humble. The thing that breaks that growth is pride because God resists the proud. If you want to grow, if you want to continue in grace, stay humble. He gives grace to the humble. I don't want to be resisted by God. I don't know about you. <laughs> yes. 
I don't know how that looks, but I just know when I'm resisted by God, I won't experience His presence. And as a church, man, I want us to experience His presence every meeting, every opportunity that we get together. And if we lose that, if we lose, if we lose Jesus among us, we're, we're actually wasting our time, actually. We can just you know, sleep in on Sunday mornings. <laughs> if we lose Jesus among us, we are in a desperate place. All right? And it's very important that we get it, that we hunger for Him. Just because you experience Him once doesn't mean you should stop. Continue. We are becoming a dwelling. We are being built together. There's something of becoming a dwelling. Like, man, I want to dwell there. That Jesus, His heart is longing for. You know, and if we lose Jesus, let me, I might say a couple of things here. If we lose Jesus, because we're a church, we want to continue as a church, right? So what we'll do is we'll, we'll start to build in the flesh and not on the Spirit of God. So we're not building on God anymore, but we still want to be a church. So we will put up a great performance on a Sunday. We'll do our best to, you know, we'll even get guys in and we'll put, put on some lights and some whatever to get guys in. And then we're starting to build on the flesh, to be honest. Not that I'm saying lights are wrong, and you know what I'm, but when we lose Jesus and our response is, how can we make life comfortable for those who join? How can I make a service on a Sunday morning as comfortable as possible for you? Because it's about you. No, it's not. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. I don't care about my comfort. Plastic chairs, if we were in the business of putting a comfortable experience for you, we probably would have spent a lot of money on nice, lazy boys. <laughs> and there's popcorn and drinks. We put on a show for you. Hour and a half? No, not even. 40 minutes in and out. Because, man, more than 40 minutes is becoming uncomfortable. Sometimes we go to, like, two. We should actually... We can't take that clock off because it's the school's <laughs> clock. But many of you are actually looking at that clock and, oh, yeah, you are going a bit long this morning. Still need to worship, eh? You know that, eh? <laughs> we can't. We're becoming consumers. God wants a family, every person being active. We can't build consumer churches because then we, we, this is how it goes. This is how it goes. We'll get together as elders and leaders or whatever guys call it. Uh, it's not building on Jesus. They get together and they're like, hey, let's brainstorm on how we can make it lively. You know? And I honestly, and I, and I say, I, I'm trying to say it with a lot of respect. I've been in churches where there's literally every second is marked to the T. Every second. Ask my wife. We were there. Paul as well. We were there. Every second. Like, we're in the middle of a worship song, but, you know, that, that, that minute that we said on the, the notes, it arrived. And then the band should just stop playing. And it's like, in the moment, of, stop, the guy's coming to preach. And I'm like, man, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we trying to, to build just so that guys can come back next week? And many of the conversations and the brainstorming is about how can we make it a great experience for you? Let me tell you. At some stage, you're going to go. You're going to leave. Because we can't keep you here. I'm sorry. I can't keep you here. 
Man, I'm trying my best to preach. Eh? Many, many Sundays. I'm trying my best. And some other guys are, are going through it. And the guys who lead worship and serving coffee and packing the chairs. We're doing our best, eh? If we were in the, in the business of having a consumer church, we would probably have got guys in. And we would have paid them, hey, come and pack the chairs perfectly. Now, there's, there's literally strategies on how to pack chairs. There's strategies on how to set up your worship team. There's strategies on how high the screen should be and how the coffee should taste and whether you preach with a, this thing or, or a mic. <laughs> this is just for me to use both my hands, by the way. <laughs> I don't even know how to put it on. Uh, some Sundays I'm, I'm cropping in my ear, you know. It's, this is not the church God wants, man. God wants a, a, a church where every person is flat out devoted for God and His kingdom and one another. Don't care about, you know, I'm actually sweating already. I don't know how you guys are feeling. Is it hot? I'm getting hot. I don't know if I'm stressing or what. You know, we could have you know, flew in some air cons and stuff. But sometimes this tests why we, why we are. Why are we here? I'm not even on my notes anymore. <laughs> but what happens is, when ch- churches lose loses Jesus, or is that right? When they lose, when it's not built on Jesus anymore, they bring in business models. In the business, this works. Have a great website. We do have a great website, by the way. Have a great website. You know, and it's it's about everything that you see is how to, how you can have a wonderful experience. They don't speak about. Money and when they do, it's it's really corrupted in the way they they, they bring it across, and it's a it's about it's, I don't know. And I, I, do I sound judgmental a little bit? Not man, but I'm passionate about God's way. I'm passionate about the church being built on Christ, the cornerstone, because when it's built on Him, when we come together, it's about Him. It's about Him. We don't. Generally, we, there, there are some songs where, you know, it's about you. And, but generally, man, the songs are about Him that we worship. It's not about how amazing I am. It's about how amazing He is. And when I see that, then He gives me worth. He gives me acceptance. But it's in, out of a response out, as we're seeing Him. All right? We should never lose the purpose of God. We should never lose the heart of church. We should never become a place where God doesn't want to dwell in. Where the world wants to dwell in, but God goes like, no, I don't want to dwell there. (laughs) All right? It's very important that we build God's way. A holy priesthood where everyone is devoted. Bringing spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God. Right? Because I'm going to land soon. If Jesus is not there... It becomes empty. It becomes a religious activity. And then it's very much like a museum. Many of us grew up with religious activities. I grew up in a religious activity culture where I do things. I go to a place and I look and I'm being an ornament, to be honest. But when I experience the life that Jesus brings through the price that he he has paid to each one of us, on the age of 15, suddenly I realize I'm, I'm not supposed to be an ornament. I'm not supposed to have a dead heart. I'm supposed to be alive in Christ. 
And he comes and he bring, gives me a new heart. He makes me a living stone. Not to be a stone on your own there on the ground path. No, he, be, he builds you into a spiritual house. Being alive, being a, a living stone, man. There's so much more for us. So much more. And everything is about Jesus. All we do is about Him. And I think God goes like, man, that's the house I want to live in. That's the house I want to dwell in. Because Jesus is being glorified. That is pleasing to me. When man is glorified, I think God goes like, nah. But when Jesus is glorified among us, we devote our lives, we make decisions about our future, about Christ. I think God goes like, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. And I end with this. The health, the gesondheid, the health of a church is measured on whether Jesus dwells there or not. Not on the size, not on this, that, this model, this thing. It's, it's about does Jesus dwell there? Does Jesus dwell there or not? I don't care if you are 10 people in the church. If Jesus dwells there, it's a healthy church. All right? So don't exclude thousands because you can still, Jesus can still dwell there. All right? It's important that Jesus dwells there. I don't care about the size. Jesus should be dwelling with us, man. Jesus should be dwelling with us. And I've found where every person is devoted, where every person is giving themselves, Jesus wants to be there. Jesus wants to be there. When we, when we are growing to three, four hundred people, no, let, let me rephrase that. When we grow to like 120, 150 people, we'll probably go like, guys, we will need to plant a church now. If you want to plant in Long River Park or wherever you want to, wherever we feel like, felt like God wants to go and plan us out. Because I have seen that in, in, in this size type of church, you know, every, it's easier for every person to be devoted. So that's why in Joshua, in, I think the biggest congregation was like 300 people, and that's like 20 years. And from that, we've planted 41 extra congregations because our hearts are to be a healthy church where Jesus dwells, where every person is devoted to the things of God. You know? We don't want to build this museum. Come, guys, can, come and look at us. <laughs> no, no. As we come, we, we lay down our lives. We give our lives. We give our hearts, Lord, because it's all about you. It's all about you. And then I think Jesus goes like, man, this is what I want. I want to dwell there. I want to dwell there. All right. I wanted to share something. Where's that mic? In, in Colossians 2, there's a scripture, um, and I read it this week, and, and it was, as I read it, it, it was an encouraging, uh, encouragement uh, to me as a believer, and, and I actually felt that it doesn't matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, but as a believer, this is a reminder for, for where your walk with the Lord started. And, and it says in Colossians 2, verse 6 to uh, 8, I don't know how quick Andre is quite quick, so you might get it. Um, but I'll read it so long. And it, and it actually sums up your preach. Like, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, that when you got saved, 
So walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, those ornaments, according to human traditions, what Hoya just mentioned, the religion, according to the element spirits of this world, the things that the world, um, Francois shared at the start, how, how we get trained up to deceive, um, in, especially in the marketplace, and not according to Christ. So that is elemental spirits of the world um, as not according to Christ. And Christ is it's living. It's, it's bringing yourself. It's laying down yourself. I just want to... Back on now. There you go. Very good. And sometimes good intentions are still man-made, eh? But when we build according to God's way, according to His Spirit, that, that's when the church grows, man. So can I be honest with you? Like at times, I don't even know what we're preaching on next Sunday. <laughs> so sometimes we go like, hey guys, what are you guys, what are you guys feeling? Where is the Lord taking us? What is He building into us? What does He want us to receive so that we can be a healthier church next week. That's what, that's what many of our meetings goes like. You know? Many of our times we just, what is, what is God doing? Where is the Spirit of God taking us? You know, and at times we, we are excellent in our planning and we, we, we know in two weeks' time we're going to preach about this because it's, it's from the message that God has given us hey, for the next couple of weeks. Just spend time on this. Okay, just to give you some, some background on how we, we sometimes do things. We don't want to build on man-made ideas. We want to build on the Spirit of God. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray.